I'm Janine, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is best-selling author, life coach, and sociologist Martha Beck, and she's going to explain why integrity is needed now more than ever in these tumultuous times. It's actually the key to a meaningful and joyful life. Her new book has come out, The Way of Integrity, and we're going to talk about this and lots more. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Congratulations on your book. I know you're thinking, wow, in a pandemic, really? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I take the congratulations sincerely. I know there's been so much pain and suffering for so many people, but there's also been a kind of reckoning. You know, we all had a chance to sit back and and we're reminded very graphically to take a deep breath and start dealing with the stuff we had been too easy to notice before, you know, we all kind of took a collective pause. And in that pause is a huge opportunity to live more authentically, uh, more joyfully, more truthfully, which gives you this inner peace. Yeah, um, integrity, I don't see it as a sort of moral virtue, I see it almost as a mechanical issue, like a, an airplane and structural integrity has all its parts working together. Mm -hmm. So it can fly. But if the parts are not doing the same job, if they're not interfacing with each other, if it's out of structural integrity, the plane will crash. And when we're out of alignment with ourselves, when we're, you know, just not living the lives that we deeply feel we're meant to live, we also crash because we're meant to pay attention and to get our integrity back. And that is the way to happiness. A lot of the things you talk about in the book really resonated me with me because I remember being 27 here. I was getting my doctorate. My dad had said, Oh, someday you'll get your doctorate. And I had lost my job. My relationship ended for the best at 25. I started taking some classes, but I was like blown away. I was alone in Boston, but I was in graduate school. I was so busy and so stressed. And my uncle pulls me aside and says, when are you going to get married? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Not on my to-do list. <laughs> right. Well, when do you think I should get married? Because that's what people have done through most of time. It's like um, when people look at us and expect us to do things, we do them. And that is culture. That's how human beings work together. And the opposite of culture is nature. So your true nature knows your path, knows your mission, knows what will make you happy. But your culture is designed to make you work with the people around you. And even before you know how to talk, there's pressure on you to abandon your true nature and do what the culture wants you to. And that's where you lose yourself. That's what I mean by falling out of integrity. It's not a deliberate lie. In fact, it's usually our effort to be good. We're trying to be good by someone else's standard and we lose ourselves. And then we just start to hurt a lot. Yes. And I feel like that can happen at a really young age and we're like people pleasers and we want to do the right thing and we want to be loved and, and you're just keep suppressing and suppressing and it stacks up. Absolutely. And it, it, some of us are born into environments that are more um, accepting of our true selves than others, but all of us are going to bump into a cultural norm at some point that isn't right for us. And at that point, knowing how to trust oneself how to recognize what feels true to you and how to go with it, no matter what. Um, I like to say, finding your integrity will give you every single thing you need to be happy, all the money, all the love, all the health, everything, but it will cost you everything else. Yeah. Everything that makes you unhappy has to go. Absolutely. And that's pretty, 
That's pretty stark. Yeah. You get <laughs> How did it. you decide to tie this into Dante and the Divine Comedy? Um, when I was 18 and I read everything as self-help because I so desperately needed help. I was sick. I was depressed. I, and I didn't really remember ever not being depressed. So I started reading the Divine Comedy um, for, for school. And he says, it begins in the middle of my life. I awoke, I came to myself in a dark forest. I had lost my way. I had no idea where I was or why. And I didn't know how to get out. And I thought, well, that sounds familiar. So then um, to get out of that, he calls it the dark wood of error. He goes through the inferno, hell. Well, I had a year of therapy when I was 18 and it was going through the inferno. You look at the pain inside yourself. You face your demons, come out the other side. You find out what's true for you. Then what Dante has to do is he climbs a mountain called purgatory. And I see this as learning to act with one's every action, the way that tr your true self says is right for you. So it's hardest at first. Dante mm -hmm. has a terrible time climbing the bottom of the mountain, but once he gets to the top, it's easier and easier and easier. And at the point when he was, he's in complete harmony with himself, he joins the beings of light that are rising up to paradise and his life turns into a very blissful adventure. And I actually think this is literally true. Yeah. I, yeah. Dante what, had what, 1320. Is that when this was? Or 1320 he published <laughs> it, but he worked on it for like 10 years. And it's so interesting because the last book of the divine comedy, people say commentators say it really makes no sense. It like doesn't have a plot. It goes all weird. All these mm -hmm. weird things start happening. But actually, if you look at stories of awakening or enlightening enlightenment from all around the globe at different points in, in history, people report experiencing similar things that they feel filled with light, with joy, with bliss, um, that they feel like they can understand people without speaking. Uh, all these things that are now measurable in the human brain. People, researchers have taken uh, monks, for example, meditated for 40 years and their brains are literally different they're more wired for happiness wow. and truth and every brain can do that if we start to just follow the discipline of integrity yeah. in little tiny ways yeah i feel like i've had some of my greatest insights in the state of flow so uh -huh. whether it's been you know playing guitar or writing or whatever just getting away from my surroundings and just Focusing, and I came up with a mantra. Sometimes the worst thing that happens to you turns out to be the best thing that ever happened. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. That's been true my whole life. Um, I just read something that said, uh, what is chaos for this, the ego is grace for the soul. And mm -hmm. what is grace for the ego is chaos for the soul. So my life has been thrown into chaos. I have a son with Down syndrome when he was born. People told me, you know, I'd thrown my life away because I didn't have a, I didn't terminate that pregnancy or institutionalize the baby. And I was throwing away my life. I was a Harvard PhD student, uh, but the life I threw away wasn't making me happy. It never mm -hmm. had. And my son brought me enormous joy and he turned out to be, I wrote a book about him that was the first bestseller I ever wrote. So he turned out to be really good for my life. Yeah. But at the time when I found out about his condition, I did not think so. Of course, you're scared. You had a doctor telling you to terminate the baby. Five doctors. <laughs> Five <laughs> doctors. At the Harvard University Health Services. They all, con con you know, I, uh, 
they all agreed yeah. that they said it was like having a malignant tumor and not letting them take it out. Mm. So. And it's so interesting when I hear about your years at Harvard, Yeah, you know, people would think, oh, and it's amazing. And I'm sure you felt it was amazing, but you still weren't happy every step of the way, every degree, the more you stacked on things, you know, yeah. you weren't happy. When we don't know what to do, we do what we know. And in Dante, he's running around the dark wood of error and he sees people climbing this golden mountain and he tries to climb as well, but he keeps falling down. And I see this as a metaphor for the types of achievement that the culture says will make us happy. Yeah. But when we get to the top of those mountains, we get a billion dollars. Not that I have a billion dollars, but I've coached people with a billion dollars. Um, we you know, win an Academy Award or an Olympic gold medal. I've coached people who've done all those things and it never makes them happy. Yes. Going through one's own internal inferno and then bringing your actions in line with your truth. That's what makes you happy. And I think we, we think we're okay, but we are held back by things that possibly have happened years ago that you just sure. haven't dealt with. Yeah. Going into the inferno is looking at everything in you, that you believe with your mind mm -hmm. that is a lie to your heart. So say you were in some way mistreated as a child and you thought, this is my fault. The thing that gets you stuck, the thing that makes, that continues to cause pain because it's not true mm -hmm. is that thought. I like, it could be, I deserve this or I'm no good, or this was right. my fault. And as long as you hold that belief, it's like a chain that keeps part of you in hell. And the way to break the chain is to really look at the thought. This was my fault and say, is that true. Mm -hmm. So the whole inferno, Dante questions these demons, which I see as part of himself. And when he can see through their lies, he's free of them and he can move on. And that's the process of inner work. Look at that from how many years ago to now and how it resonates so true. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So Dante just turned like 756 Whoa. and he's still <laughs> He's still one of my best mentors. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I, I want to uh, touch on the fact that, you know, you wrote this book. When did you first start writing this? Writing it, writing it maybe five years ago. Um, and it was going to be just a little thing. I do these things called integrity cleanses where mm -hmm. I'll, um, the first one was I won't tell a single lie for a calendar year. That was quite an adventurous year. Mm. Uh, and then I, uh, at the end, I took a break, but then I kept going back and saying this time for a year, I won't lie. And I won't lie with my actions either. I won't. So I'm, I need to feel what I really feel. Yeah. Let me myself know what I really know. Let myself say what I really mean and let myself do what I really feel is right. So that's, I started doing this as a cleanse and people kept asking me about it. And I thought I started having these experiences that I thought were pretty interesting. So I decided, oh, I think I can make this into a book. Amazing. I feel like it's, it speaks to so many people that want to be brave, but they don't know how to take that first step to be authentic. Yeah. Maya Angelou said that courage is the most important virtue because without it, you can't consistently practice any of the other virtues. Mm -hmm. So you need courage to come back to your truth. And the opposite of that, Dante says, lying is the worst thing you can do. There are these at the pit of hell are the liars. They're down lower than the warmongers. And the reason is that lying is the most important vice because without lying, you can't sustain your other self-betrayals. So when you stop, it, when it's courage on one side and lying on the other. And the moment you stop 
lion, you're going to need a lot of courage. Yes. Like when we came on, I said, I love your house. And you said, yes. And I don't have to dust. And you touched it and it's a backdrop. Yeah. Right. So right. you came out with the truth yeah. and it forged a kind of bond of honesty between us. You had the courage to say, look, I'm, this is all fake. Yes. And then we laughed together and we felt closer to each other because yeah. we were in the truth now. And we were talking about how we once would have pretended the backdrop was real, but not anymore. <laughs> I would have, I probably, you know, would have been so nervous. I would have been interrupted or whatever. And now I'm just like, I'm going to be organic and I'm going to be transparent. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was, I was outside filling my bird feeders because I didn't get the email with the link. And here we are. And we're, you know, that's how life is. We sort of bumble through it. But if we're honest with each other, we can meet with compassion and love for each other's fallibility. Yeah. Uh, things get re really sweet. I agree. I agree. What are some things you'd like to leave the listeners with? Mm, I love the quote from the German poet Goethe, when you trust yourself, you will know how to live. That's the first and most important thing. And then the second thing is be kind to yourself. Go gently, go gradually. Research shows that small changes over time add up to huge, like turning that airplane one degree every half hour, you won't even notice that it's turning, but 10,000 miles later, you'll be in a completely different place. Oh, yeah. So go easy. Go easy. Um, one of the things I didn't talk about, which uh, I wanted to, was the fact you were in the Mormon church, correct? Oh, yes. Born in a very Mormon family in a very Mormon community. I will let you guess where. And um, left the church when I was 29, my first year of not telling a single lie. Oops. Um, so I lost my, my religion, my community of origin, my family of origin, um, so many friends, and it was still better than pretending to believe yeah. something. Yeah. When did you get a sense that you had to do this and how, how did you get the courage to do it? Well, I was on my first integrity cleanse, telling the truth, telling the truth. And that was just because I was still not happy and everything I read said, the truth will set you free. So I thought, okay, well, let me just take that literally and not lie. Yes. And so I started noticing that I was pretending to be fine when I wasn't fine. I wasn't telling any big lies. I was just pretending to be fine when I wasn't fine. And as I started shifting away from everything that didn't make me feel like truth, um, it very quickly became apparent that I didn't believe this. And then I started, I, I, had to deal with um, the recovery of memories of being sexually abused as a child. Mm -hmm. I was around women who had been sexually abused. I mean, I really think that the abuse of girls in particular is very, very prominent in mm -hmm. those ultra Mormon communities. And it, it, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe uh, the doctrines and I felt like it was doing harm in the world. And so that's what I, I had to believe. And then 10 years later, I wrote a book about that. I'd come to a place of love and compassion and forgiveness. And from there, something told me it was time to speak out. And so I did, and I got death threats and people yeah. killed all the plants in my yard and it was still better than they killed all the plants in your yard. Somebody did. Yeah. They threatened my children. I was, oh, come my on. tried to put me in prison. They told me I'd spend the rest of my life in prison. Um, so yeah, it was uh, adventurous. It was spicy. <laughs> but you just kept going. I mean, 
and you have such a great sense of humor. I was watching an interview you did uh, with someone else and you talked about how they didn't like intellectuals, feminists, or gay people. Oh yeah, the church, uh, one of the leaders said, these are the three enemies of the church in the latter days. Intellectuals, feminists, and gay people. Oops, three strikes. Check all those boxes. <laughs> I check every box. <laughs> yeah, see ya. <laughs> I didn't mean to be the enemy. Yeah. I just didn't that way. Mm. Yeah. There will come a time when parts of your culture will say you're attacking our way of life because you will leave their way of life and they'll see that as an attack. And that's something I call transformational tension. And you have to be willing to stay your course in compassion and kindness, but do not leave your own truth. Mm -hmm. And people will either leave or they, you are giving them the best possible invitation to come into their own integrity. So they'll come with you. Yeah. I mean, change for so many, including myself, can be frightening, but it also can be the most amazing enlightenment ever. Well, and it's always happening. I mean, we don't want to change, but the fact is we're in constant change. We just don't notice it because we keep replicating what we know, even Mm -hmm. if it's unhappy, because we think that the familiar is safe. And people, for example, in abusive relationships, they feel safer in the most dangerous place they could go. That is, that's one of the paradoxes of human psychology. We have to be able to leave what feels like the safety of everyone agreeing with us and not rocking the boat to go into the actual safety of truth. And the truth, even if it causes some exciting events, will always make you feel within you this peace that in the Bible is called the peace that passes all understanding because it's not related to circumstance. It comes from the core mm. and it will never leave you. Wow. I'm going to share something with you. When I was 16, my mother asked me to leave and I hadn't really done anything. She kicked me out right before I turned 16. Oh my God. It was, oh my yeah, God. It was crazy. Um, we had a very tumultuous relationship. We were not close. And I thought I would cry, but I was so excited for what was next and my dad had wanted me to come live with him and I hadn't lived with him my whole life so he said wait a few days and I did and he was busy in New York with his business long story short I moved in it was the best thing turned my life around for the wow amazing yeah ah what a what an awful betrayal but the fact that you were excited means that to be in relationship with your mother she demanded that you leave your truth which couldn't feel right. So you were either abandoning yourself to please your mother or trying to find yourself and getting your mother's pushback. So, Mm -hmm. and that's what integrity does. It takes us away from the people who are pushing us to do things that aren't good for us. And it it may look like a tragedy from the outside, but as you say, it could be the very best thing that ever happened to you. Absolutely. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, Website, marthabeck.com, plain and simple. Okay. And great TED talk. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, thank you. The microphone broke and I had to break it. It was quite a thing. So I'm grateful you liked it. Oh, you went with the flow. It's great. And your book is out now. Yeah. The way of integrity. You can get it at Amazon or wherever, you know, go to it, go to support your independent bookstores too. go and wear a couple of masks and have a, have a book fair. You bet. In your own this was great i want to thank you so much thank you so very much it's my pleasure